Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, October 18, 2012. We are reading from the big book, and we are on page 46 today at the bottom of that page, beginning with the paragraph, much to our relief. The reference number for yesterday, which was Wednesday, October 17th, is 3178. Share code for yesterday, 3178. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I would now like to ask Irini to please read the 12 steps. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Irini. Now I would like to ask Margaret to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning, A Vision for You. This is Margaret, Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Illinois. The 12 Traditions. Our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group purpose, there is one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you, Margaret. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are in We Agnostics on page 46. And we're going to start with the paragraph at the bottom of that page today, beginning with the sentence, much to our relief. And Katie, if you would please get us started. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe, underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, The realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. And 
I'm grateful we uh, came back to this paragraph because yesterday I wanted to talk on it and we um, we ended with it. Um, I spent years in OA uh, looking for God. Um, I already knew God, but I didn't believe that God cared about my um, food problem. So I thought that I had to, you know, that my relationship with God wasn't working. So I tried to adopt other people's uh, relationships with God, um, and that didn't work either. So when I did get abstinent, um, this line that says, um, we found that God does make two hard turns with those who seek him. And, you know, when I think of that, I picture myself um, at my first meeting where I actually asked the sponsor asked for a sponsor and actually was willing to do what she told me to do, which was contrary to what I had ever been willing to do. Um, And I said, yes, I believe that was God that gave me that willingness. And then I had to go to the grocery store that night and buy food because I had no abstinent food. And God carried me through that, that experience. I can just feel even 25 years later, I remember how it felt to step on the door, the automatic door at Giant in McLean, Virginia, and to walk through that grocery store and not care about all the other items in that store and to only buy what my new sponsor had told me to buy. I had this little list. I bought that food, and I believe that God is who did that. And that was meeting me, little Katie Fisher, uh, in McLean, Virginia, at 190 pounds, who had been unwilling to do what other people told me to do. I always had an excuse. God gave me that willingness. And he has met me wherever I am ever since then. Um, And as it says, provided we took other simple steps. And I take other simple steps every day. I'm on this line. Um, You know, I have people I sponsor every day. I call my sponsor every day. Um, I have to be connected spiritually. I wake up and I pray for others. I, you know, this program is here for those who seek him, and God is there for you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Thank you very much. Is there anyone who would like to share on what was read? Press star one to unmute. Morning, it's Eddie in Virginia. Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. Um, This is Eddie in Virginia, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Happy to be here this morning and happy you're all here with me. Um, To focus on this, um, as soon as we admit it, the possible existence of a creative intelligence. I always um, realized that there was a God, so that that was not so hard for me to admit. But to admit that he actually um, had that kind of power over my predicament um, was just um, something I had not considered. Um, I just, I'm reminded of, when I think about this, of a song that was very popular when I was a teenager. It was by an artist called Peggy Lee, and it was called Is That All There Is? And I didn't realize it, but for many years, that was how I went through life, asking myself, is that all there is? And, you know, when it came to uh, my relationship with food, um, it was you know, this diet and binge cycle that many of us, you know, are on in our journeys as compulsive overeaters. 
And, and I kept saying to myself, is that all there is? You know, I lose the weight. Um, I look good for, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes. And then, you know, everything starts to pile back on again. And is this, is, is this how I'm going to go through life? Up and down, up and down, binging and starving, you know, irritated and uh, restless and dis- discontented and nasty and, and all those other things that went when when the food was in charge and, and the um, the unhappiness and the resentfulness and when, when you know, I was trying to control the food. So, and I kept saying to myself, is, is that all there is? And when I admitted the fact to myself that God could and would, if he were sought, now do something about this, that song stopped playing in my head. Because when I came to believe that he, he could and would, if I just asked and led him and followed the simple directions uh, that my sponsor in the program set out in front of me, that there was more. There was so much more to my life than the binging and purging and whatever was going on, you know, in my life at the time. So that to me was like the moment of aha, the epiphany, as people call it, that this was the way I could live. And at first, of course, you know, I came because I wanted to be skinny. I was was almost, I was like, I don't know, 280 pounds or something. And, you know, I just wanted to be thin, just wanted to be like everybody else. And to me, like everybody else was being thin. Then, you know, as I got into the program, I realized that there was much more, that that wasn't all there was to that either. That, you know, being being a healthy weight was good. Um, it allowed me to, you know, experience life in a, in a different way. It allowed me to play with my grandchildren. It allowed me to, to uh, get rid of some of the health issues that I had. But there was more than that. There was the peace and the serenity, the contentment, the lack of resentment that came with working this program, with picking up the book and really, um, you know, believing that what was written here could happen for me too. And, you know, as Katie just shared, you know, I'm on this meeting almost every day of the week. Um, and if I'm not on live, then I, you know, I access the meeting later. And uh, if there's, you know, all those things that I do willingly today and with a great deal of joy because I know that there's so much more out there as long as I continue to do this and take this program and make it a part of my life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Eddie. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Paula. May I share? Go ahead, Paula. Thank you. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. I want to go to that second line. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. And that word, it was inadequate but sufficient, but it was enough. It was enough to make the approach. And I'm going to tell you something clearly here. I'm a loving getting on a plane. I'm a loving getting on a plane. And this is what, when it makes it approach for the landing, and you know how it circles, and then all of a sudden things come into view, and then you listen to the pilot giving you directions. I don't even know the pilot. I don't even know the pilot. But I trust him. And this is the beginning here. And to effect a contact with him. That part. When they say, oh, the wheels are down. And then, you know, when you come in and you feel that first bump and that first contact, uh, you're coming to a new place, a new place, a new beginning. And I thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Was there someone else who wanted to share? I thought I heard someone. Me. 
Irini. Go ahead, Irini. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Irini, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. So all we have to do is seek, seek God, and he will provide. And that all we need is our own concept of God, and then he takes care of the rest. So ask and it will be given to you. You will receive it. But you need to ask for it first. Seek and you will find. You will find because you are seeking. And knock on the door and it will be open to you. The door will open because you are knocking. You're taking these actions. Follow directions. And as soon as you are willing to believe, the process begins God will be doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Um, An action to take the first step towards God. You know, you don't have to understand him and analyze the whole situation. All we have to do is quiet the chatter in our minds and open our hearts. And, um, you know, that's where, um, in our heart, that's where the kingdom of God resides. And um, you will be connected to that because you are opening up your heart that will open up your mind um, and you came to believe to make that that decision to take this action and uh, we begin to have a new direction by taking some simple steps I thank you and I pass thank you Edini is there anyone else who would like to share on this paragraph press star one This is Susan. I'd like to share. Go ahead, Susan. Thank you. This is Susan in Florida. Grateful to be here this morning. What comes to my mind here is in the AA 12 and 12, there's a phrase that says the hoop you have to jump through is wider than you think. And I didn't really fully understand that until recently. The hoop I have to jump through is sometimes very hard, much harder than I ever thought. Because emotionally here, you know, when I had to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, as I understood him, how did I understand him for 30-something years sitting in the room? I didn't. I didn't have a conscious relationship with him. I didn't. I heard people talk of God, but I couldn't. The conception to me that he could take care of everything in my life was foreign language to me. And then slowly, as soon as we knew the possible existence of this intelligence, things all of a sudden got quiet, quieter and quieter in my head. You know, jumping through the hoop is not as hard as I thought it was. It's trusting. It's trusting my sponsor. It's trusting the process. It's trusting program. It's trusting that God will do for me what I can't do it myself. So my character defects have to be subdued. I have to tame the tiger, so to say. I can't control everything. I can't play God. I have to be quiet, and I have to just listen to the voice within. And it's very common to me, because seeing is believing, and when I see people in recovery, and I hear everybody here on this, on this phone meeting, this brings me to a whole new level of understanding what a power outside of myself is. And for this, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? 
Good morning, Hi, it's Leia. It's Monica. Go ahead, Leia. And then <laughs> Monica. A real lineup. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. My name is Leia. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I wanted to focus on two statements here in this paragraph. The first one being, as soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. So this big book has told me in this chapter entitled We Agnostics, that in order to recover, I'm going to have to find a power greater than myself. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It also has told me that my own conception of that power, whatever I want God to be, is enough. And it's also telling me that in order to start finding that power, all I have to do is believe or be willing to believe that there is such a power. But it's also telling me, look at this, it says, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. Meaning that freedom isn't free. You know, (laughs) if willingness is the key to unlock the gates of hell, it is action that opens those doors so that I can walk freely. And those, that action is these other simple steps. What are those other simple steps? Those other simple steps are steps three through nine. Because this, we agnostics, is dealing with step two. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three is going to offer me an opportunity to make it a very important decision. And, of course, the action starts with step four. Step four through nine are going to be those action steps where I am going to be led to that uh, to that power that resides, you know, within each and every one of us. I also wanted to focus for a moment on that statement on the next page. When, therefore, we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies, too, to other spiritual expressions which you find in the book. So, you know, The big book, it does not attempt to force any kind of God on us. What it does do is give us some new information about God, and from that new information, we're able to discard some of our old ideas about God. You know, the big book has all kinds of expressions for God in its pages. You'll see it described as the creator, a friend, a spirit of nature, father of light, creative intelligence, spirit of the universe, great reality, a presence of um, infinite power and love, whatever, you know, floats your boat. But the, re- but the bottom line for people like you and me is that we need a God to re- deliver us from the quicksand. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Monica. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Ditto, ditto, ditto to what uh, um, Leah just said. I'm going to go to the bottom of the paragraph. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek it is open, we believe, to all men. 
So it's interesting here, twice in this paragraph, we are seeing, uh, number one, what Leah was talking about, uh, you know, our own conception is, a good, is where we start, and, and we have to follow through with taking other steps. We lost you, Monica. Could you please press star one? Am I back? You are back, Monica. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, twice in the paragraph we're, we're being told we've got to do something more. We've got to take other steps. But I wanted to focus on the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive. You know, there's this, you know, Open, oh, huge open arms stretched out as wide as you can imagine. And everybody is included. Everybody is invited. There's nothing or anyone that can't come to this um, if we earnestly seek it is open, we believe, to all men. So instead of a little hoop, there's, you know, roomy, broad, roomy. There's no barriers there. You've got to jump to get through. It's open to you as long as you are willing to seek and do take some simple steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Well, this is Janice, and I'd like to um, share something about this paragraph, too. You know, here we are sitting in this chapter, We Agnostic, and we are looking at step two, basically coming to believe in a power greater than ourselves. And I've heard many people, myself included, who say, you know, how am I going to find this power? What is this power? How am I going to entertain this idea? Well, what I found to be true in my own experience at, you know, I am a critical level compulsive overeater, a critical level compulsive overeater. And as I got to this chapter, we agnostics, I'm already entertaining new ideas. There is already a shift happening in me because I have learned through the doctor's opinion, through more about alcoholism, what is exactly wrong with me, this allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. So my mind is already shifting. It's already entertaining new ideas. I am already learning something new. If I identify in, if, like me, you are a compulsive overeater of this type, and we can identify with what the big book is teaching, then we're going to get to this chapter and this idea of a God of our understanding with an already new, some new ideas, we're going to be able to discard those old ideas if you're anything like me. Because I am learning that I have a spiritual illness, but that there is a spiritual solution for me. And the first thing in that spiritual solution is going to require me to make some conscious contact. You know, even if I don't entirely understand what that concept of God is going to come to mean to me. I'm going to come to believe in that power. And I'm going to take this first step into the realm of the Spirit by just believing that there's got to be something stronger than me, something bigger, wider, higher, greater power than me. 
because by myself, I have not been able to conquer this. You know, I had a problem with living. Food was just a symptom of this deeper problem that I had. And the big book is showing me, teaching me through these 100 recovered alcoholics who penned this volume, their collective consciousness said this was our solution. This is what we found to be true for us. And if you're like us, we will bend over backwards to give it to you. So much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God, just my own. However that got me started, however I could make that approach and affect the contact with him, contact with him, conscious contact with him, and the rest would unfold as I took more simple steps. As I took more actions, the experience of God would unfold for me. And with that, I'll pass. Is there anyone else who'd like to comment on this paragraph before we move on? All right, I'm going to ask Esther to read the next paragraph for us. Good morning. My name is Esther, and I'm a compulsive overeater in Canada. When, therefore, we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies, too, to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth to effect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth, but if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was. I would just like to share briefly on this paragraph. You know, in reading this paragraph, one thing one thing is for sure is that I found that many people who come into program were very touchy about religion either um for it or 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 against it so coming to pick up a book that's telling us now that we're going to need to develop a relationship with a higher power in over to in order to overcome um compulsive overeating it certainly in me um brought up a lot of uh, strong feelings um wanting to look through the book to figure out if you know the big books uh, description of God is exactly like mine. But this paragraph is teaching me that when this book was written, um, it was written you know, by the authors, and they used the terms that they were most comfortable and familiar with, but that, as mentioned earlier, all the spiritual expressions they used to describe God, that shouldn't, that shouldn't turn me off. It's just the expressions they use. I just need to find my own conception of God, whatever that is. And the other thing I learned in this paragraph is I don't need to figure everything out at this point. I don't need to, you know, become a PhD in um in theology in order to get a higher power and move through the steps. What I need to do is to begin an a relationship with a higher power, so to develop my own conception. I need to uh find a conception of God that's meaningful to me. This higher power needs to be greater than me, obviously, right, because it needs to be a power greater than myself that's going to restore me to sanity, and to have the willingness to move forward from here. I don't need to figure it out. I don't need to resolve all the other theological questions in my mind. I don't need to um, I, I don't need to have all the answers at this point. It's telling me that I'm going to grow in that relationship, but in 
order to develop the relationship, it needs to have a beginning, and that's where I choose my conception of God and then move forward. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Esther. Would anyone like to comment on this paragraph? This is Nicole. Go ahead, Nicole. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nicole, a very gratefully recovering compulsive overeater. This is such a great paragraph, and I love in the middle of this paragraph how it says, at the start, this was all we needed to commence. And then it goes on to say that afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things. And, you know, we see this um, type of thing in in reality in in our other experiences of life. We see this type of thing that we had to start something. It looked one way. And then over time, it began to transform into something even greater. And what it reminds me of is my own experience with God, that at the start, I had but just a seed, a little tiny seed of faith, just a little seed, thinking that there is a God. I planted that seed in some fertile soil of my heart. And, you know, it's, it's not the hard soil of my heart that refused to believe or stony, rocky soil, but that little start when it is planted in a willing heart, it is fertile. It's ready. And do you know what that little seed does? It takes root. You know, once it takes root, we do have to do our part. We have to nourish that little seed. We've got to, we've got to water it. We've got to tend to it. And we even need to be patient. However, that little seed, when it first started, it, it looks nothing like what that plant will eventually look like. That little seed of faith in God in the beginning starts us going somewhere, but then it starts to grow and grow and grow and it becomes beautiful. And then suddenly we see leaves and we see fruit, fruit that we can even eat of now. You know, it is said not to despise the day of small beginnings for God rejoices to see a work begin. And you know, we're not the ones that are faithful, but he is faithful. We need to have that little seed of faith. And if we have that little seed of faith, he has been faithful to show himself strong, to send help, to help us overcome, to encourage, to provide, to lead. Those are the fruits that grow out of that little tiny seed of faith and how beautiful out of that little tiny seed can, can come such a big, beautiful tree or plant. And that's just how I see how my relationship with God grew. It absolutely started from that little small beginning and we should not despise it because God loves that small beginning and he blesses it and we can just encounter him at any time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nicole. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Paula, may I comment? Hi, this is Linda from Connecticut. May I share? I heard Kim and Paula and then Linda. 
Thanks, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. That was huge for me. You know, that earnestly seeking is first to question. And it talks about in the big book, we have to cast aside those old ideas. So first we have to see what are those old ideas? What are those prejudices? What are those prejudgments that's keeping us from having a relationship with God? You know, and for myself was God was scary. God was punishing. God was just waiting for me to screw up and say, ha ha, I'm going to show you what a sinner you are. You know, those prejudices of I have to be right and you have to be wrong and I cannot, I cannot question anything. You know, that independence was my God. I wasn't going to be dependent on anything. You know, this was all about me. I could conquer anything if I could pull myself up on my bootstraps. But I know what's best for me and for everybody else and anyone else is stupid if they think that they're, what they need is different than what I'm telling them that they need. So the beginning of coming to believe was recognizing that I wasn't on my own higher power. I wasn't my brother's higher power. I wasn't my parents' higher power. I wasn't my friend's higher power. So I had to honestly ask myself, what do they mean to me? And then I asked that powerful question, how's it working for you, Kim? It's not. So then then if if it's not working for me, I need to be open to the possibility that there's something else out there and that I don't know all the answers. And it says towards the bottom, if we wish to grow. Oh, for a long time I didn't. I just wanted you guys all to straighten out and do what I wanted you to do. I wanted to be able to eat my food and do whatever I wanted. I wanted to fit in a size six jeans regardless of what my, what my uh, behavior was. So coming to believe me, if I wish to grow, if I wish to find this power, and at that point the growth can happen. But the beginning for me was I had to honestly ask myself, what do these terms mean to me? What does God mean to me? And am I willing to cast aside these old ideas? Am I willing to cast aside these old prejudices and listen to these recovered people who are farther down the path, who are showing me what it's like to live happy, joyous, and free? And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Paula? Brett Star 1, Paula? Here I am. Here I am. (laughs) Coming alongside Kim. Thank you, Janice. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. You know, I went to Mr. Webster, who I seem to be with a lot, and that word prejudice, a bias against a race, creed, group, or the like, the holding of such feelings. As long as I held on to those feelings and didn't let go and didn't surrender that first step, I could go no further. And what does it say? Deter. And what does deter mean? There it was. To discourage or intimidate and thereby prevent from acting or proceeding, I couldn't go any further. I had to complete that from honestly, now there you go, asking yourself what they mean to you, to me. It's a personal thing. It's a personal God. But I'm going to drop it right down to this word. Afterward, we found ourselves. 
accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. And truly, honey, I couldn't reach it. There was no way. But somebody provided a ladder and somebody provided steps. And I believe that was God. And I say thank you. And I also say thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And Linda? This is Sarah. Good morning, everyone. This is Linda, and I'm uh, from Connecticut, and I am a recovering compulsive overeater. Uh, Someone was sharing about what they started with just a couple people back. And what I started with is it wasn't a conception of God. It wasn't even a seed of faith. It was terror. That's where I started. Because I knew I was dying, and it was going to be really ugly, and my life was shattered. And so I started with terror and a willingness, a hope, really, that something would work. And this was the only something left. My gosh, was that true? I did have to act on these steps. I do act on these steps. It's thir- almost 30 years later, and I, I think I can honestly say I'm a recovered Now, I can honestly say I'm a recovered compulsive overeater because amazing, amazing things have happened to me. And I'm the one who was an atheist. I didn't want to be, but I was. I didn't trust anything. To me, it was all a myth, you know, like the Easter Bunny. And all that intellectual training that Leah has talked about, it's great for other stuff, but not for this. I had to literally, as she said, Shut up, Linda. You don't know everything. Try. All I had to do was try and do the work and take the suggestions and great sponsorship. The big book was critical. It is critical. And so it goes. And now I'm the one that regularly calls my wonderful sponsor who is also recovered. And I'm the one that's saying, you won't believe what God did today. You won't. And then she'll tell me something. It's just incredible. It's an incredible journey. Please get in the lifeboat. I'm so glad I'm in it. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. And did I hear Sarah? Yes, good morning. This is Sarah, Recovered Compulsive Reader from New York. Um, at the start, this, um, yeah, at the start, and then this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth, to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. I always believed in God, but the question was, did I have a conscious relationship with God? You know, I I have like the disease of comparison and I always um, grew up with faith, but I kind of had a belief that um, God was with other people, was with my teachers, was with my parents, was with my mentors, was with other people. But did I personally have a relationship with God that was conscious and that could help me in my own personal struggles and life and take me where I couldn't go by myself? And, you know, it says somewhere in the big work that it's better to go to meet God alone than with someone who might not understand. I needed to, I needed to meet God with my own understanding, which means that I needed to pause in life and I needed to reevaluate. I needed to think. And, 
you know, I can get so busy, we can get so busy with life and, and not ever take the time to really think about God. We're so busy doing life and living it and and trying to, oh, I was trying to, to either run it, control it, and there was no time to even think about God. And here, this is teaching me that if I'm going to live on a new on a new life, if I want to um, have a whole new operating system in my computer that it's going to have a different output, then I need to to re um, I'm messing up my analogy here, but I I need to reevaluate. I need to to take the time to reprogram that whole thinking that created the results that I was getting and um, just. Here, our own, in the previous paragraph, our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make um, the approach and to affect the contact with him. I needed to um, trust that even if my conscious relationship with God wasn't what my, what I perceived as, quote, right, or wasn't, you know, that disease of comparison, I needed to let go of what I thought everybody else was going to think about my relationship with God and be okay and let go of the guilt and let go of of it not being good enough or not being perfect and just being okay with my own consciousness, with my own consciousness of this presence of this loving God who is going to help me exactly where I was and exactly where I wasn't. And being who I was right now, who I am right now, and even if it's not who I want to be yet, and to trust that just having that consciousness, having that relationship with God that's personal to me, that nobody can take away, and nobody can tell me isn't good, and nobody can tell me is not good enough, it's and I, and I can have that acceptance of God, and he can take me to the places that seem entirely out of reach because it's only afterwards. At the start was just having this conscious, the first conscious relations with God, and then afterwards, only afterwards, not before, afterwards, we find ourselves accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. I wasn't accepting things until I was open to this personal conscious relationship because even in program you can get so busy i can get so busy just you know doing doing the work doing the legwork you know going on the meetings listening to the to the to the to the meetings and listening to the messages and listening to everybody else's messages but if i don't get quiet and go by myself into god's presence I'm never going to get it, and I'm not going to go to where I need to go. It's getting quiet and by myself, having that personal relationship with God. And that has been an entirely new planet that's been unreachable in the past. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful that we're reading this and, and bringing that into, into all of our consciousness. Thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah. This is Janice, and I'm a compulsive overeater in recovery. Thank you, God. And something that struck me in this paragraph always is the idea of growth and spiritual growth and finding this place of spiritual growth. 
You know, the, the feeling that I dread more than fear is despair, is despair, because I sat in that place of despair, that dim, hopeless, disconnected feeling and place that I lived in where there was no hope, where there was no hope of it ever being different, because my personal experience showed me that nothing changed that over and over and over again, I found myself in step one, in that place of utter hopelessness and powerlessness. But here, here in step two, where we came to believe there was hope, there was hope there. And I found through opening my ears and opening my eyes and looking at this, that there was hope here for me in establishing some kind of conscious contact with that power greater than myself that was going to solve all my problems. I found that I couldn't run away from the food. I tried to run away from the food. I spent so many years. And if I wasn't running away from the food, I was running towards the food. But what I found to be true is I couldn't run any longer. I had to grow away from the food. And the growing away from the food started here. Started here. That spiritual growth, that place of conscious relation with God was going to be where there was hope for me. That I was going to not compare myself. My my darling husband always used to say, comparisons are deadly. Comparisons are deadly. And I had to learn that that was true for me as well. That when you spoke to me of God, you met my own conception of God, my own point of conscious contact with God. And once I found that point of conscious contact, there I could commence to grow and begin. And it was going to take more work. This was only the beginning. It was the start, but it was an absolutely needed start for me. And I'm grateful to know that today. And with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Hi, this is Melanie. I would like to share. Go ahead, Melanie. Hi, good morning. Thanks, Janice, for your service. Um, My name is Melanie. I'm a compulsive overeater calling in from Minnesota today, and I am gathering all the things that are being shared on this as a a community of study. So then when I look at this... um, paragraph in its entirety, I initially look at it as being um, quite instructive that was um, born out of the practical experience, proven experience of other people. And so I look at it as as instructive. I look at it as, as cautionary. And then steps that I can take as I'm studying it here, I'm really studying it to take it to heart. What is it saying to me? What is it that I can do? Am I prejudiced? Well, I can look at that, and my gosh, yes, I came in here terribly prejudiced. And then I look at the words, God, are they talking about the God that I remembered as in my youth? And there brings up the word prejudice again. But what I'm able to get to is that they use the words spiritual expressions, spiritual terms. And the lovely thing about spiritual is that there's a definition that I am hanging on to here that simply says it's the principle of conscious life mediating between body and soul. 
And that just melts my heart, absolutely melts my heart. And so then I can honestly ask myself, what does that mean to me? That's, that's when the food is down and recovery begins. That's the, that's the core of me, the mediating between body and soul. I can honestly ask myself, and then it commences to grow spiritually. That mediating between body and soul commences to grow one day at a time as long as I'm willing to do these simple things, and it's the step work, the excavating that, un- that uncovers that spiritual expression, that God within me that continues to grow and build. I went at my dieting, I went at my obesity like a maniac bombarding my way to get it off. Get it off. I can do this. Self-reliance. Didn't know it. I went at my God, my religious experience to cure that doggone obesity bombarding God as well. This is a spiritual expression that is loving and kind and in a paragraph, together we're collectively studying something something beyond. I just feel so blessed. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Melanie. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? It's Irini. It's Monica. Irini and then Monica. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Irini, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. If we wish to grow, we had to begin somewhere. The key, again, is willingness to believe because we were convinced in our own lives that it wasn't working in our own terms. So we need a new way. We need a change, something more powerful than self. I needed God in my life to help me out. I needed to quiet my mind and really open my heart. And to simply ask, God, please reveal yourself to me. For, you know, God hears us um, wherever we are and whatever we say, as long as we're honest with him. If, if If you're angry or afraid, tell him how you feel. Ask him to know you. Just as you would build a friendship, speak to him as a friend. It's as simple as... Um, pulling your window shade up and letting the sun come into your room. Oh, how cute you are. Uh, Let the light of the spirit melt through your own ideas and beliefs and prejudices and let it touch your heart. It's softening of the heart to allow that unconditional love touch you and convince you through your heart that will convince your thoughts to change. Yes, all action is born in thought, but it is through the softening of the heart that you let God in to guide your thoughts and actions. Uh, You know, um, it will be easier to believe once we let God into our hearts because it's that unconditional love that touches you and brings tingling throughout your insides. Your spirit is touched, your soul is warmed, and and it's and it's streaming through your whole body, and therefore your mind is then convinced that he does reside within our hearts. But you must let him in first. Um, and um, you 
can find that connection and build that personal relationship with God and know that he is needed in our lives and and so I so is wanted in my life um you know just examining our life history where there were such significant changes at least in my life a child being born getting over an illness finding the right partner leading me into the rooms of OA, making a difference for others. These are all miracles in my life. How did these happen? Um, Believing and obedience, you know, will um, soften the hearts, but then it's easier to to grow into him and... um, and then that leads us into the outpour of the Spirit. And it's just so beautiful. I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Edini. Monica. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everyone, again. The first sentence, we mean your own conception of God. And in our little big book dictionary, conception, idea, plan, design, thought, You know, it can just be as simple as a little idea, a little thought, your own idea, your own thought, your own design. That's all you need to start. You know, sit down and if you have a big problem with it, sit down and and take pen to paper and ask yourself, what would I, you know, what do I want God to be? What would I like God to be? And write a couple things. And you can start with that. So we use our own conception, however limited it was. And this paragraph is saying, how, whatever, this one thought, one idea, it's something for you to start with. And we are people that need something to start with. And here you go. You can start with this, and things will grow from there if you continue to do the work. You don't have to experience, we, you know, we will never be able to understand God or articulate what God is, his power. You know, just like I couldn't explain the power of the binge food either, but it was there. So start with something simple that you feel comfortable with and things will go from there. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Thank you to everybody who shared today and thank you to all those who helped me put this meeting on this morning, Irini and Margaret, Katie and Esther and Deb W. and Penny C. Um, I would now like to ask Deb W. if you would please read from the big book on page 164, Vision for You. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Deb, recovered compulsive overeater. Grateful today to be here with you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 